0: Welcome to a Tuesday, December 12th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Aris, and I'm joined as always by my guy, Kenny, as we go through a nice five-game slate in the wake of a uh, successful in-season tournament. LeBron coming out as champion. Kenny, what did you think, uh, in-season tournament whisperer? Was it a good night for you? Was it a good tournament overall? How are things on your end? Oh, man, I'm already planning my trip to the next
1: one, man. You you know, I was a big supporter, one of the first early supporters of this end-season tournament. I knew it was going to bring some competitiveness into the regular season before, you know, the quote-unquote start of the official regular season, which is Christmas Day usually. But, no, it was actually fun, man. Um, I loved it. I'm, I'm kind of glad we ended up with these two teams. We had, like, a little legacy team with a little up-and-coming team. Actually, was able to get the Pacers. I think um, five or six more national televised games for the remainder of the year. So hopefully Halliburton don't get hurt. But um, how about yourself, man? What what do you think um, was good about it? What do you think was bad about it?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's just one of those things where anything that brings a little bit more is competitiveness to the early season woes, where everyone's just trying to kind of get their <laughs> get their way through. Their, uh, their early season rotations and everything else figured out. I just think it added a little bit of spice to it. I, I wasn't the biggest fan kind of going into it, but it's clear that it's not even just the money. I mean, the 500k per person, all of that is, is cool. I'm, I'm sure, especially for someone like the Pacers, where was it the lowest payroll in the NBA? I'm sure some of their role players would have liked the opportunity to be able to go all the way, but hey, they still get a nice little uh, nice little pay bonus for uh, getting themselves to the final. So that's always nice. And It's clear that it's going to be something that stays, so we'll have to see how they uh, kind of keep adding to it. Maybe it'll have uh, more implications as time goes on, but clearly, if you tell people that there's something to compete for, the uh, NBA players, thankfully, still have a little bit of a uh, competitive bone in their body to actually go for it. So It definitely made for some uh, interesting matchups. It felt like more of a playoff atmosphere. I really enjoyed that Pacers-Bucks game before it went into the final. Obviously, the final itself, Anthony Davis just decided to uh, go crazy, who... Didn't win MVP by the way, which I, I guess is for the whole tournament rather than the final game. But yeah, I thought it would have been uh, would have been him over over LeBron getting it there. But you know, it's it's LeBron. What are you gonna do? No, it, it, it's actually for
1: um, the three games. So right. um, leading up to the way, it's it's understandable why LeBron would win it. Um, if it was actually up to the day of, honestly, man, I would have to give it to Austin Reeves. Man, he came up with the blue <laughs> game, man. I ain't seen a Laker flu game in about fifteen <laughs> years, man. Come <laughs> on, Austin Reeves twenty point first half performance—that definitely was what kept them in it, man. He outscored Alabaster in that first half.
0: That's true. <laughs> no, Austin Reeves is definitely on fire in that uh, in that final game and really throughout a lot of the uh, key times for the Lakers. But you know we got to keep that fire rolling over here, as you said, five games coming into this slate, which. Has a a couple of interesting uh, ways to be able to go about actually dealing with it. And as always, for those who want to keep themselves in the know all the way up until lineup lock, make sure to get yourself over to sportsethos.com. Subscribe to that DFS pass so you can go ahead and keep yourself connected, not only through the content that's there on the site itself, but get yourself onto our Discord. You get to ask the pros all the way up until lineup lock and get their takes on just what is going to make that difference. But jumping right into it here, and yeah, we're going to be focusing on the position side of things. You know, a bunch of games happening over here with uh, some pretty decent uh, game totals coming into it here. So you know, I'm going to let you uh, start as far as our, our point guard side of things are concerned. You know, how are you? How are you leaning into it? Uh, are we potentially looking at another big match for Luka Doncic coming up against the Lakers? Um, you know, man, I,
1: I'm trying to avoid back-to-backs. Really trying to avoid back-to-backs, but I'm finding kind of hard on this slate. So I I, I would have to actually spend down on the point guard position. Um, my biggest spend up is actually going to be um ah man I cannot think of the new thing. Kobe White, um mm. uh, for Chicago. Um, I know Demar had this crazy double double game. What was it? Forty points, ten assists. So I really feel like on a five-game slate, a lot of people will load up on him. But at the same time, there was somebody who almost played the entire game, and that was Kobe White. Played almost the whole 48 minutes plus overtime, and he still was able to put up 30 actual points. He took 20 actual shots and made about seven three-pointers in the game. So going up against a matchup against Denver at home, while they're coming from Atlanta to Chicago, I really do feel like their defense will be a little bit lesser than it really really should be. And I do feel like a few players like Jamal Murray might actually be out this game. So my biggest up will be Kobe White. Another, I guess, mid-tier, same game, running it back with Reggie Jackson. Like I said, I really do think Jamal Murray will sit out the second game of a back-to-back which will actually lead um, Reggie Jackson to get you 25 to 35 minutes against a Chicago team on the back-to-back. So I really do feel like this is going to be a chance for him to put up at least 10 three-pointers as well with Kobe White. So I really do feel like that will be a good run back. And for my cheapy play, um, again, I'm still looking into um, the Chicago game. If I'm not running Kobe White, I'm actually going to have some interest in Javon Carter. I really do feel like he might actually get an uptick in minutes because the Rosen might actually rest this game as well. So for four or three, especially if the Rosen is out, definitely going to have some interest in Carter. How about yourself? How are you attacking the point guard position?
0: Yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head as far as back-to-backs are concerned. That being said, I probably will still end up having a little bit of interest in Doncic, just given the fact that, one, Dallas at home has been, if you look at from a splits perspective, Doncic has been averaging 67 DK points in games that he's played at home, not only shooting significantly better, he's about 51%, but also that Lakers game that he had, he obviously had a monster game to be able to have earlier in the season. So if we're looking at a, a couple of potential areas where... if there's enough mid-tier value in my mind otherwise for me to be able to basically afford it i do think he'll be the highest kind of pure point scorer on the slate even if he's not necessarily dropping high 60s as far as his um, his fantasy point night is concerned so i can probably afford to get him in here because just kind of taking a look at where i'm finding some of my cheaper options i mean most of them are coming into that like 5,000-ish you know, range, which I think I can make a, a couple of them work with, uh, with some of the areas that I am interested. So Doncic is definitely going to be in play here for me. I also, you know, I'm looking at your Clipper side and uh, getting to go back to my good old James Harden, who has clearly been on a really good shooting streak for the last, I want to say about a week and a half, if not two weeks at this point, where he's just consistently at about 50 to 52% from the field, even if he's not necessarily getting, you know, 17 18 shots which is what we would obviously like to see even if he's getting anywhere between 13 to 14 he's been averaging about 42 dk points in that night and uh, sacramento is one of those matchups that he's just consistently done well in already had a big game against them earlier this season as well so i think there's enough upside for him to potentially drop somewhere in the high 40s to potentially even a 50 point night even though it is going to be a back-to-back for the clippers which no, but that's going to be interesting. Is is Kawhi going to play yet again for for the back to backs? He's been pretty good at that uh, as a plate, but we'll have to see if that continues on for that matchup here. If which you know if not, that only helps increase the um, the interest that'll we'll we have in James Harden. And then just taking a look at some of the um, kind of smaller mid tier plays that are here, um, it, it might be a little bit more of a cash play than uh, than a pure GPP one, but I do think Drew Holiday is at a price tag that I'm interested to be able to take him and his usage percentage has been a bit of a concern kind of throughout the season he's been you know getting double-digit shots i'd say you know two out of every three games and then he has a passive one where he's only shooting six or seven times that makes it a little less enticing from that perspective but he has been better at home shooting plain and simple he's been 38 percent away while shooting nearly 49 percent at home while actually averaging less field goal attempts so i'm assume i'm really hoping that it will get back to a uh, a more kind of normal Drew Holiday usage level as we kind of get going. And this is actually the cheapest his price has been since uh, near the start of the season. So enough uh, enough upside for his uh, his floor to be pretty safe at that price tag and for him to be able to kind of move up from there. Moving on to the uh, shooting guards, though, uh, you know, there's a couple that uh, I'll start here that are of a little bit of interest to me. And I'm going to actually start at the cheap side here, jumping back into that into that Dallas game. Now, we did see uh, Derek Jones Jr. get injured in in the last little bit, and the guy who stepped up as a result has been Jaden Hardy, who got all the way up to 34 minutes in that uh, in that game against Memphis today. And I don't necessarily expect him to shoot 15 times in the game there, and he didn't really get all that many supporting stats, but his price is low enough at 4600 where I do expect on this back-to-back scenario, especially if you know dallas can play as well as they have been at home that he might have another opportunity to be able to get into the high 20s as far as his uh, his minutes are concerned and probably going to be one of the more kind of interesting cheap picks for me to look at while kind of looking at that the mid-tier side of things i'm kind of avoiding that you kind know, of top bunch of, of players over there but i do think jalen brown for his price at 7900 isn't a pretty good spot to be able to kind of get himself uh, back from that uh, I wouldn't say down New York game cause he actually shot pretty well in it, but from a pure field goal test perspective, he'd been averaging about 20 for the last uh, three games prior to that. and only got 13 in that one, which I feel is a bit of an aberration and for his price tag to people be of 8,000 for a guy who's been pretty well around that, uh, 40 DK points, Mark, I think it's pretty, uh, pretty solid for me to be able to kind of look at that. Uh, what about yourself?
1: Oh man, I need to go straight to my Clippers game for this. Um, Spend up, man. I'm going to actually spend up eight, four for Paul George going up against the Sacramento Kings for some odd reason. I don't know what it is this season, but these small forward playmaking scoring guards are just able to always rack up assists on the Kings. Um, if you looked at today's game, I want to say Mikael Bridges actually racked up five or six assists. Um, there that's always the thing. So If I had to take a dart on somebody and if I had to guess the player who will play in a back-to-back, I will actually need to take Paul George. I know his assists went down ever since Harden came to the team, but for some odd reason, whenever the Clippers play a Bay Area team, his assists just have an uptick. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's from Sutter Cal, or maybe he just don't like seeing the NorCal team on the floor, but I really (laughs) feel like if I get a point and assist prop, Around twenty eight, maybe twenty-nine. I'm really gonna take the over on that. And for my spin up at the two guard, I need to rebel pg going down in price a little bit. I'm gonna say this is um I don't really wanna call it a flyer, cause I do feel like it will be chalky, but I feel like people will be hesitant to play it due to the minute restriction. I'm actually gonna have interest in um Bradley Bill for six nine. Again. When he was playing, even though he did have these back problems, um, I saw him actually put up a couple uh, put-back ducks So when he's healthy, he's actually healthy and ready to play. And I feel like some people might underlook him, but for a potential 20 to 30-minute spot in a pretty up-paced game, especially with um, a potential of one of the stars being out, I feel like this is going to be a nice nice, and- Little role to get um Bradley Bill at the cheaper end of his price. And for my cheapie, I'm actually gonna go back to um one of the games you talked about with Jalen Hardy. But I'm actually gonna go with somebody a bit more cheaper than him. And actually gonna go with the curry boy. Again, I want to say he only got about maybe 20-25 minutes in the Memphis matchup. Um I actually have some interest in him earlier today on today's slate, didn't really come up. But I want to say he only took about five shots. Mentioned it, Jones got injured. I really do feel like that's Will put a chance for Dallas to play a little smaller. Might actually play him at the three. So it might give him five, maybe 10 more minutes and possibly five more three-pointer attempts. So for four or five, especially after a bad game, I really do feel like that's a 3% ownership that can... Help you in a GPP.
0: Yeah, completely fair. Some some interesting kind of flyers to be able to, as like you said, not necessarily flyers, but opportunities for some upside, and that's really what you need in a, in a GPP scenario. So I, I like that. I'm actually interested in some of those as well. I did have Bradley Beal on my list, but it's just like I, I just want to know at least somewhat what his minutes uh, would potentially look like if there's even you know a bit of a pregame press conference that he's going to play mid to high 20s, I I may be able to go ahead and and jump in on that as well. But let's see what that looks like. Uh, Moving into the small forward side of things, and this is where I go back to uh, what that uh, back-to-back situation is going to look like, because Kawhi's price tag is just too cheap for what, one, he does against Sacramento, and two, uh, what he has actually been doing on the games that he's gotten to play uh, on that second half of the back-to-back. Earlier on the season, he dropped that big game against the Lakers when he had that there, and then he had two of them where he was kind of a little bit more on the on the on the downside, but the reality is at 8,000, and the fact that you know he's going to play uh, anywhere between low to mid 30s, even on a, on a game that may not necessarily need him to play all that much, depending on kind of how it goes. But Sacramento just continues to be a pesky team, and and you know it's going to be an up paced game. So if he can even play 30 minutes and get his regular usage up there, if he can drop even a bit of what he's doing tonight against uh, against Portland, I think he's at 35 and five already it's just a uh, a great scenario to be able to go ahead and take him and then just kind of moving down into that again low low, low mid tier options there uh, i didn't you know speak about him earlier where he could have been in the point guard scenario cuz i i like the fact that he has that dual eligibility but dante exum who has been directly benefiting from Kyrie having been out over there as the starting point guard for the LA Lakers Has had two Lakers, Dallas Mavericks has had two excellent games back to back where he is playing anywhere between 33 to 35 minutes, getting about 13 shots a game in that time. And, you know, for a guy that's been very on and off, has really just needed that opportunity to be healthy because he's shown that he has the capability to do well, attack the rim and he's not necessarily one who shies away from contact. So he's going to start to get his free throw rate back up to what we had been seeing when he had the opportunity to be able to play a few more minutes has got, you know, four free throw attempts in the last two games before he had uh, gone down for a little bit uh, against um, against even Houston, he was able to get eight free throw attempts in that time. So to me, that's an indicator of him and kind of getting his pop and I've always liked him as a player and I think 5700 is a great opportunity for him to be able to do pretty well. And at that same price tag, this is more about just volume of minutes, which, I mean, you spoke about DeMar DeRozan doing what he did and uh, Chicago in general. Uh, what we are seeing is that their rotation and their leash for their guys has been pretty short. And one guy who has started to really rack up the minutes on this team has been Patrick Williams, who, even though I don't necessarily love his fantasy game, he's more of a kind of do it all a little bit of a swiss army knife guy his shot attempts have been going up has gotten up to 12 field goal attempts on average over the last five games that he has played and his rebounding grade has also been pretty uh, pretty interesting in that time has averaged about seven rebounds a game in that and it really just comes down to if he's a guy who's going to be playing 40 minutes a game which he has been for the last uh, little bit for the uh, chicago bulls the opportunity is going to be there on a on a back-to-back at home Hopefully with him uh, able to rack up another uh, kind of close to double-double scenario, shoot 11 to 12 shots a game. I like that for his uh, small forward outlook. How about yourself?
1: Um, and for me, I'm actually going to go with somebody I feel like is going to be pretty under-owned, uh, especially since they actually come in into a back-to-back and they had a poor game against the, one of the um, most generous teams when it comes to scoring. In the NBA. And that's Michael Porter Jr. That's going to be my little spin up at the small forward position. Um, I really do feel like this is going to be a great spot to get him at low ownership. And he has a potential to get a double double along with four or five threes in this game. I really do feel like this is a potential 25 at 10 spot. For him. Um, outside of that. Going a little bit cheaper. I. Might, only in GPPs, remember, this is only a GPP play, have interest in Andrew Wiggins against Phoenix. Um, in this matchup, you always going to have one of these random wings go off. So if I had to take a chance, I would actually put Wiggins As the first one, I really do feel like in a 30-minute spot to get Suns, he should be able to put up about five three-pointers. If he chooses to rebound that day, I really do feel like this is also a potential double-double spot for him. And going for my cheapie, I'm actually going to go back to this Clippers game. Actually, I'll take that back. At first, I was going to give you calcellar Edwards, but I save him for – power forward. I'm actually going to go back to the Denver game. If I'm not playing Michael Porter Jr., I'm going to have interest in um, Julian Strader in Chicago. Had a 30-minute spots against Atlanta earlier today. Put up 22 points. Don't see that replicating in Chicago, but I do see heavy minutes due to the back-to-back. And I feel like for 3-5, GPP, definitely going to take a splier on him in his forward position.
0: Yeah, I like it. And I think there's a couple of ways to be able to look at that and kind of how I'm looking at the uh, power forward side as well, trying to be a little bit uh, of where I think people might not uh, take as much ownership. And I think one area that people usually overlook as a power forward is just plain and simple. Ben Draymond have been taking a look at his uh, ownership over the last couple of slates over there. Despite the fact that he has been consistently in that uh, that triple-double region for the last little bit, he still ends up being underowned for the value that he has been putting up, and it really just comes down to, I suppose, people's lack of, uh, you know, liking how much his offensive output really is. But you know, that's never what what Draymond is about. But reality is he's still putting up uh, about uh, 12 to 13 real points a game in that while being in a, in a position where he's been averaging about eight rebounds and uh, seven assists in that time as well, which is really all you need. And I expect that this is going to be one of those matchups that he gets up for. Uh, they haven't Golden State hasn't had a chance to play Phoenix so far this season. Uh, it's an away game as well, which always just adds a little bit to that uh, chippiness because that's how Draymond likes to likes to get things going. At, um, at those away ones to try and get under the opposition skin. And it's shown in his uh, fantasy uh, returns as well, where his away games have actually averaged about five DK points more than what he's been doing at home. So all, all in all, pretty good uh, scenario for him to be able to rack up another and a 40 uh, DK point night just in the different ways that he can go about doing it so that's one and then the other one uh, spending a little bit higher than that at 7500 we saw Porzingis come back after his uh, his injury for about two weeks and looked really good in that first game against uh, against the Knicks obviously a bit of a a revenge game that goes with it it was at home and he ended up on um, you know 21 real points which even though his uh, his rebound numbers and all were quite a bit down from what we've been seeing earlier in the season what was important is just how good he looked just on the floor moving around and uh, in a matchup here where they're going to have a little bit more size on the Cleveland end, even though Evan Mobley is likely going to be out for this game, but Jared Allen's going to be there. he probably get a little bit of Dean Wade as well. But the fact that he's going to be the one to try to pull them out of the center, uh, out of the paint and really focus on, of being that uh, that stretch four that he always is, I think this is a good spot for him to kind of get back to normal. Uh, again, another guy who's been doing quite a bit more away from home than at home so far in this season. It's It's been an interesting trend. Uh, you're seeing a lot of these guys who, you know, the main top superstars are definitely getting their usage and they're putting up bigger numbers at home. But these, I don't want to say necessarily role players, but second to third option guys are doing quite a bit uh, better away from home, which is not usually what you see, but that's just kind of how the, Early season has trended, so I'm liking him for his uh, 7,500 price tag. His minutes restriction is obviously not really a thing. You played 29 right off the bat in the first game. I expect he's going to be back with uh, you know, four days of rest uh, to playing kind of his usual 30-plus minutes over there. So expect that we'll get an opportunity there. And then just from a, a cheap perspective, and this is purely because I expect that uh, Chicago at home is going to be, again, a little bit uh, peskier uh, against uh, a Denver team. Plus, there's a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to say revenge story here, but Tory Craig, who played uh, with the Denver Nuggets for quite a bit and just has shown to be that guy who will get under your skin. I expect that he'll be back closer to that 29 to 30 minute mark over here, which again gives him enough opportunity to be able to rack up now those across the board stats, even though his field goal attempts are never going to blow you out the water. He'll probably get six to seven of them, which most of them are going to be from downtown. So if he can hit you know, even, uh, even 40% of his threes, that should be in a pretty good position for him to do anywhere between 5.5 to 6x for his price tag.
1: All right, those are actually some nice little picks. Um,
0: gonna go a little
1: bit different at the power forward position because one of my favorite spin up is actually gonna be a power forward. That's gonna be um AD versus Dallas. You get him at under t ten k. Um, even though a game didn't count, um, I still was able to you know see it with my own eyes in the NC tournament championship game. The person you was trying to make case for to get the MVP is going up against the underman Dallas team on a back-to-back. I really don't see how he does not dominate in this position. And if this game stay close, I really do feel like he can actually get you upside of 70 drafting points in this matchup. Outside of that, going a little bit cheaper, I'm actually going to go back to this um, Clippers game. Um at 5-9, you got Keegan Murray against the Clippers. Um, right now, I'm watching forwards for the Blazers keep up with the Clippers right now who don't have the shooting ability of Keegan Murray. Kamara and Reek are looking like they can actually shoot 40 or 50% on 10 threes against the Clippers right now. On the back-to-back, with potential one of our best defenders sitting in that game. I really do feel like this is going to be a spot to get Keegan Murray hot and actually get you about five threes made in that game. Now, going cheaper, I'm saying with the Kings as well. Um, And for GPPs, I'm going to have interest in both Vesnikov and Edwards. Depending on how my lineups are looking, I'm going to plug one that I'm in and most of my GPPs because. And that can actually get you what you need to win a GPP.
0: Yeah, I like it. That's the uh, that's the way we look at those uh, potential 6-7X guys on a, on a given night and especially coming from a uh, potential lower price tag there. So let's see how that ends up working out. Uh, moving on to the final position of the night at the center spot, and here's where, I know you already uh, mentioned Anthony Davis, I was going to talk about him a little bit there if you're looking for a spendout, but looking at uh, some of these uh, the mid-tier guys that are around, uh, one guy who I've been kind of keeping a close eye on in terms of really getting himself back into some normalcy as far as his production is concerned has really been Jared Allen. And and we've kind of seen his price tag fluctuate alongside his performance. He had you know, three double-doubles in a row, which was nice to see. But really what's been kind of sad to see is just his uh, his pure field goal attempts that have been quite down a good bit for this season so far. He was averaging uh, closer to 12 to 13 in the season prior, but he's been kind of sitting around that 9 to 10 mark. And I, I do expect that we're going to start to get him kind of coming back to a little bit more of what we had been seeing earlier in the season. What has been a little bit uh, of a kind of downer for him has been his foul trouble. Fouled out again today against Orlando in just about 15 minutes where he was actually having a, uh, a pretty good game to start off and then just couldn't keep himself uh, keep himself on the floor. So I do think he's going to have super low ownership coming into this game. And you know, if we're talking about a GPP guy who can uh, do pretty well, I do expect that uh, we're going to start to see some uh, some of that turnaround here. Uh, last season, he had a couple of good games against Boston as well. And you know, we t- spoke about the fact that Evan Mobley is likely going to be out for this game as well. He already had uh, been ruled out pretty early for that game against the Magic, and I'd be pretty surprised if we see him uh, take the floor over here. So it's an opportunity again for, for Jared Allen to try and uh, take advantage of a Boston team that is a little bit, like I said, outside of Porzingis, who's more of a four than just a natural five, more of a kind of Guy who tries to take you out. Uh, if Jared Allen can try and counter that, keep himself out of foul trouble, which again less physicality coming to the front court from Boston in this case. I expect that we we can hopefully have him see uh, anywhere between 30 to 32 minutes in this game, which gives him that opportunity to have a pretty decent do- double double and hopefully get uh, somewhere closer to that kind of 35 to 40 uh, DK points night mark. And then the second one is lo- looking back at your uh, at your Clippers again, which is uh, Ivica Zubac's uh, we already saw him get the opportunity to play about 30 minutes the last time they faced off against Sacramento. had a uh, had a nice 14 and 8 in there, about 35 DK points in that night. He's uh, coming off, you know, a great game that he had uh, against Utah again in, in a team that has uh, a little bit more, a little bit more opportunity to be able to take advantage of a, of the front court. You know, Sacramento definitely a much more of a guard-heavy team. You have the opportunity to be able to have drop-off plays for Zubats where he can have kind Of a, a dominant opportunity there, and you know, back to backs is always uh, something interesting there. Where he himself has had some pretty good performances on the second half of the back to back, consistently been uh, averaging more DK points on that one than the night before it. So, we'll see if he can continue that trend in a matchup where he has done well. And uh, likely, the two kind of main spots I'm looking at as far as center is concerned. How about you? Um, for center, I'm actually
1: looking at um, Vujovic against Denver. Um, for Somebody who's a little bit on the older side. He's somebody who does play in most back-to-backs, and I really do feel like his ownership will be a little bit low on this slate. Um, for others trying to plug in either um, Davis's yoke, it's at the center spot. Um, I really do feel like this is going to be a comfortable 40 to 50 points out of him, possibly a upside of 60 if we have any news on one of the either DeRozan or somebody else sitting out, which can actually end up being a little bit more minutes for him going a little bit cheaper. I am going to have a little interest in Kavon Looney at five, one going up against the sons. Um, ever since Draymond came back minutes or a tad bit lower. But if I remember correctly, um, last time they played Phoenix, I want to say he had, he had like this four minute span where he got you like four points and five rebounds in the span of four minutes. So if you could get him on the floor, I really do feel like this is a nice little um, 25, 30 draft king point night from him on five games, like for five, one and going a little bit crazy. I, I do like talking about these um, revenge games. Sometimes I, I want to say he was on the roster. I don't know if he played on the team too often, but I'm, I'm actually going to have a little bit of interest in uh, Tristan Thompson for four one against um boston i know you have a little bit of interest in um jared allen but he was in fell trouble Uh, i could see how perzingis can actually get a couple players in fell trouble and might need you to bring in you know a little old veteran who could get you a nice little double double at four one especially if you can get them 20 25 minutes in the game because even though He's a little bit older in the league. He still has one of the highest offensive rebounding great in the league. So if you're looking for putbacks on a team that take a lot of threes, Thompson might
0: be the guy for you. Yeah, fair enough. And actually, uh, before I when I forgot to mention uh, one other one that i had been looking at here, which was Derek Lively. Uh, who has uh, gotten his opportunity over the last uh, couple of games now to be consistently in that high 20s to low 30-minute mark. Uh, We saw him against Memphis today put up a monster game. I'm not necessarily expecting him to grab another 16 rebounds, which, funny enough, was his uh, second time in the last four games for him to be able to do that. But regardless, uh, he's getting that opportunity in the front court. He might be slightly undersized for for his position over there, but he's kind of making up for it with the hustle that he's showing. So I like him for his price tag because his floor is pretty secure. I actually think he'll be pretty... A chalky in this matchup over here but I mean no one specifically ever likes going up against Anthony Davis but as long as he's getting uh, those kind of minutes I think he's in a pretty good position there but that does bring us to the end of what was a, a pretty I said filled five games late over there I think we reached about 30 minutes with the amount of different uh, positions and different ways to be able to go through and we didn't even really need to talk about uh, potentially taking someone like a Jokic on here so you know obviously a different uh, way of thinking as far as this goes and as always, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are when it comes to tackling something like this, especially in a GPP. You, know, you can hit me up, as always, on Twitter and Instagram at HAK underscore devil. Talk to me about uh, kind of your approach to something like this. Where is it that you're looking at uh, finding some value? And Kenny, as always, where can the people find you? Yeah, man. As always, people can find me
1: on Twitter at Orange DFS. I'm always talking about all levels of basketball. We got a couple good college games tomorrow. So, if you want to talk about that, more than open to talk about that. Um, Any news that comes out that could change lineups, or if you have some random G Leaguer who actually come into a starting lineup and you need to know a little bit about
0: them, hit me up. I'm more than willing to talk about it. There you go. Not only the uh, in season tournament whisperer, but also the whisper of everything happening outside the norm which is really what it comes down to here you want to keep yourself outside the norm you want to get yourself subscribed to sportsethos.com get that dfs pass get connected on discord ask the pros but that does bring us to the end of this slate so i wish everyone the best as always get yourself on to your different platforms and let's take down some gpp's